Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. I'm Thomas. And I'm Harry. And this is our fifth instalment of our Game Weekly series where we talk about all things Scottish Fantasy Football. Do you want to walk us through what we're going to be doing this podcast, Harry? Yeah, sure. So, uh, as is usually the case with our Game Weekly podcast, we begin by uh, reviewing our team's performances over the weekend followed by uh, a fixture recap where we go through each of the games and sort of give the uh, give a summary and the headlines from each one. Uh, we then go on to have a look at the fixtures upcoming, um, which will then aid us with regards to our plans with transfers, captaincies and vice-captaincies for our fantasy football teams. Uh, I think then we'll be answering a question, that we, a question that we received on Twitter before discussing what Hearts players will be looking at for their upcoming favourable fixture run of Ross County away, Livingstone at home and Motherwell at home. Before you finish listening to our podcast, go and follow us on Twitter at sffantasy.com and feel free to ask us any questions or drop us a DM if you have any queries. So shall we jump into it, Harry? Sounds like a good idea. Thomas, how do you get on this week? Uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> I got a grand total of 43 points with over 50% of those points f- coming from Captain Tavernier. How many points would you have had if you just subtracted Captain Tavernier's points? Like, not removed his captaincy, but deleted him from your team? Oh, if I deleted uh, James Tavernier, if I had a zero-pointer uh, to replace uh, him? Yeah. Uh, 21. <laughs> yeah, I think when I put the tweet up looking at uh, how we had done for this game week, I characterised, you know, you know, I go through what went well, what went poorly, and, you know, I said Tav... Ramsey, Boyle, Kent, Turnbull, McGinn, stuff went poorly for me. But for Thomas, I think it went Tav, Ramsey, and Boyle, stars of his nah, team. Ramsey oh, no, got sorry. zero points, Harry. That's the f- I'm looking at the wrong week there. Uh, I said, yes, Tav, Anik, McGinn, etc. went well for myself. Mackenzie, Ramsey, Janelli, and Cole went poorly for mine. For Thomas, Tav, Captain, and McGinnis went well. And almost everything else went poorly. Uh, so, Thomas, walk us through it. So... Big problem, or the biggest problem was I kept a grand total of zero clean sheets, which is, I feel, as with championship winning sides, you need to have a good defence, and clearly that was lacking here. I got, outside of Tavernier, every other defensive player slash goalkeeper got zero points with McKenzie, and did McKenzie play? Yeah. McKenzie played, but he got zero points, and then Welsh didn't play. So, oh my. Ange Postacoglu did me dummy dirty there yeah for sure uh, i didn't realize that you got no clean sheets this week like and you got what was, so what was that four zero pointers across the back uh no i had three zero pointers because only three of my defend three like i only had a three at the back ah i see okay damn wow. that's not particularly great nah but these game weeks happen so and 43 yeah. points for what i'm hoping is going to be my worst game week is nothing too sad but <laughs> ah, 43 points are still okay I definitely don't think that's going to be the worst game week of your of, the, of your season for some reason I think that there's going to be a, I don't know maybe an old firm where the score is nil-nil and then just results swing the wrong way and you, you'll you know have a bad week it happens to the best of us anyway Harry I want to better pastures greener how was your how's your game week I mean mine was fine but I want to hear more about yours Thomas. Well, I want no, to see I don't what, think we did <laughs> how, how is your midfield looking any points from midfield I mean, McGuinness did me okay. He got me five points. Yep. Uh, Turnbull and Jota got me four each. I yep. think Turnbull completed his four. Oh, he was so close to getting another point. He yeah. completed 79. Kept his clean sheet and got his 
60 minutes playing time and then Jota was the same as Townville but he got only 50 passes and he only had two and he had two shots on target so that's two points I've been screwed out of there then Boyle didn't do anything special uh, only got me three points and then Gino came off the bench for one wow up top vice captain Nisbet again fantastic managerial choice by me there and Boyce again it was a nil-nil draw I was kind yeah. of really hoping for like a goal fest a goal fest because that would have done me really well and done yeah. you really badly yeah. well not really badly but you had McGinn in your defence nah, nah but anyway um, how was your team I had a very good game week all things uh, considered I ended up with 58 points which was very solid considering the fact that it was looking like from the off you know with Captain Tavernier playing the very first game of the game week and uh, Rangers going down 1-0 I thought like this is a bad sign it's an omen of some horrible things to come but he got was it an, uh, an assist and a goal or was it just a goal no he just got the goal because it he was got a the goal penalty and he got the three Boris um, yeah. taking him up to 22 points as captain so that's one things around for me and then uh, to be fair as well it was a bit of, of fortune so uh, and Postacoglu did you no favours by leaving uh, Welsh at the side well by leaving out Ralston who through illness as far as I'm aware actually did me a favour despite me having him just brought him in him being substituted off as a result of playing on minutes meant that Paul McGinn came on for seven so across the back it went uh, Mackenzie Nunn Captain Tavernier 22, McGinn 7, Ramsey none. And then Anik kept, kept his second clean sheet on the bounce, which is, uh, I guess, made me very grateful for having uh, been patient with him because that's a grand total of 18 points across two game weeks. Um, so I'll take those, thanks very much. And then my midfield was basically the same as yours. One for Janelia, uh, three points for Boyle, five for McGinnis, four for Turnbull. But I also brought in a batter this week, having found out that Kyogo Furuhashi was out for the next month. I vice-captained him, uh, and he blanked in so much as he didn't score, so I didn't get double points for any goals. But he did return an assist, and having watched the highlights on sports, he looked cracking, so I'm very happy with that transfer. Um, followed by a fairly you know, disappointing two points from Boyce, but you know I've had him in since game week one. And you know, he wasn't going to score every single game week of the, of the season, so I'm not going to complain too much there. Before we go on to look at the fixtures, is there any like immediate red flags, things that you're very concerned about with regards to your team? Welsh not playing isn't something that concerns me. I think Ash has just rest, rested him because okay. he's played every game of the season so far for Celtic, which in like the last five weeks is like 10 games or something like that. Yeah. And then he also captained Scotland during the international break. So this boy's been mm-hmm. playing non-stop for the last few weeks. So I think that was just a rest considering they just bought on their new centre-back and had a decent centre-back pairing in Carter Vickers and Starfelt. So it was serviceable against a team like Ross County. No offence, Ross County fans. And then Ramsey and McKenzie, I'm not too concerned about. We're going to talk about teams with decent fixture swings coming up we discussed off podcast that Ramsey uh, that Ramsey that Aberdeen were one of the teams with a poorer swing like they went from a decent run to a kind of tough run yeah. so I might be looking to transfer them out but apart from that I'm not too concerned about my team yourself got any, any fires S- similar position nothing glaring um as far as I'm concerned uh Mackenzie's lack of point I think that's three zero pointers on the bounce makes me seriously question him as a pick but 
and, and and considering the assets around that price that are performing particularly well, I'm considering moving him. Um, yeah, the same for Clark as well. It was a bit disappointing as well. He's he's been benched quite a lot recently, and the same goes for Gino. But nothing catastrophic at this point. I would quite like to get that extra free transfer back. You know, roll one. But we'll discuss transfer plans in a bit. Are you happy to move on to fixtures now, Thomas? So the first game I have here is Rangers versus St Johnston, in which Rangers took away all three points with a two-one win over the Saints. Um, for the first time this season, I personally felt that St. Johnston looked decent going forward. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say they were unfortunate defensively, but conceding a goal to a penalty and then the absolute wonder goal that Tavernier scored, I wouldn't be too disheartened by their performance if I was a St. Johnston player or fan. No, I'd agree. They actually looked fairly solid, um, which is reassuring. Uh, I'm sure not for just fancy football Scotland players who are still holding on to their uh, St. Johnson assets, but probably to the players and the manager, because it's been a tough start to the season. However, uh, defensive solidity has remained a theme throughout. It was good to see them get a goal against um, last season's champions. Um, I am no longer... Uh, with any St. Johnson assets, I have moved all of mine on, and the only player I had playing this fixture was Captain Tavernier. Um, when the news broke that uh, it was Roof to be taking the penalty, uh, we tweeted Tav out question mark, and then about a matter of moments later, and a few minutes later, he battered one in from about twenty five yards out. Um, yeah. So I guess that maybe could prompt a little bit of discussion just now about Captain Tavernier, Thomas. Do you think that he's still always Captain Tav? Like. Or I don't. I don't think he's gonna always be captain. Tav like this was the first time. No, this is the second time I've captained him. So it's just under fifty percent. It's forty percent captaincy rate. But I don't think that is super sustainable because there is. He's not hitting the heights, the astronomical heights that he hit last season, where he was scoring goals for fun and assisting. Like there was, it would have been. A, it was a regular feature that James Tavernier would either score or assist three goals and then Rangers were clean yeah. sheet merchants last season. So Yeah, I mean I think he finished the season on double figures, clean sheets, goals and assists. I yeah. Mean, I'm not gonna go fact check myself right now, but I'm 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 fairly confident that's I'm true. Confident that's true. To be honest, I saw enough from him on Saturday to still think that if there's an opportunity to Captain Tavernier then I will. Oh like yeah, think, don't get me I wrong. Think, I think St. Johnston, sure, it was good to see them get the goal and they looked a bit better going forward, but I think ultimately, um, I mean, let's have a look at the st- statistics quickly. I don't think, yeah, they only allowed one shot on target, the Rangers, and ultimately resulted in a goal. So I think that Rangers are starting to tighten up. Um, they're without Goldson, who should be coming back fairly soon. Uh, I think the clean sheets are going to come for Rangers, on top of the fact that he may not be on penalties anymore. Um, at least when Roof is on the pitch, uh, but he, he gets so far forward and he likes to get in, like get play inside a little bit and take shots, which is something you really want to see from a defender. And I think yeah, he's still provided Celtic and Rangers are not playing each other, or you know Rangers aren't playing say Hibs or Aberdeen, I think I'd still go there each week. Uh, again, for me, it's very fixture dependent because if a team like Celtic or Hibs are playing a team that are currently performing as poorly as Livingston or Dundee FC, I would definitely captain them ahead of a Tav who is playing a Celtic or an Aberdeen or something like that. But 
last season you could have almost just put out Captain Tav and you'd have just sort of yeah like not even looked at who your captain was and just see who you'd put as your vice captain yep anyone else catch your eye on the Rangers side Ryan Kent we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago I think both me and Harry removed him after game week two because he looked kind of he looked kind of dire at in the first two game weeks although Rangers convincingly beat Livingston in the first game week he also looked unconvincing uh, and then they, that was sort of a repeated performance for the last couple of game weeks but then game week four he looked better but didn't get any fantasy returns and then this game week he won a penalty and got an assist yep i mean i had a look it's the it's the passing it sideways to james tavernier for him to then you know lash it in from all that way out so i don't know if i can say that's necessarily a fantastic shooting opportunity created by ryan kent but he did look much sharper was taking more shots on goal of a better quality and looked very much involved so he's definitely in my thoughts and i think i do want to be there for the moment that kent scores you know double figures in a game week because i think that moment is coming around the corner if we go and have a look at the fixtures quickly for rangers they play in motherwell and then dundee fc away and i wonder if that's when it's going to come in game week seven um, so I might be looking to get Kent back in for then, but um, not immediately, is what I'm going to say. I don't think I'll be moving him in, him in this week. Nah. Right, that is probably enough on the first fixture of the weekend. Should we go on to the second one, Thomas? Celtic versus Ross County? Uh, yeah, sure. So Celtic ran ran out convincing winners 3-0 at Celtic Park with Albany Yeti grasping a chance with both hands, scoring twice. So he's done him no, himself no harm in being potentially the first choice striker. Well, he's at least given Ange Postecoglou some food for thought. Yeah, I think Ange Postecoglou spoke of him quite highly after the game, saying that like he's been working very hard in training. So I do think that Ayeti will, you know, especially after scoring two goals, will be at least a part of Postecoglou's plans. It was a very impressive performance, but as you said, I think Furuhashi is still going to be choice number one for playing through the middle, so I'm not going to necessarily go there yet. Um, someone else that had a, a, you know, an outstanding performance, I thought, was Leal Labada. He only assisted once, uh, but it could have been so much more, and he probably should have ended up with a goal or two himself. A couple of great opportunities that he couldn't quite finish up, which is very promising, at least for me, seeing as I brought him in this week. What do you think about Celtic defensively? Um, I was going to say that my next player to highlight was Carter Vickers. Um, let me just get his stats from the game up. But obviously he got his incredibly lucky deflected goal. But he won seven of his 11 duels, which is top quality. Uh, made three tackles and one interception. And had a 90% pass completion rate, which is... Just good, not although not a fantasy football standpoint, it's just a good thing for a defender to have if you're playing the way in which I believe Ange Postecoglou is wanting his team to play. But yeah, he looked a lot more convincing than what Starfelt has. So that's why, what I, as I mentioned previously, I wasn't too concerned about Welsh because from what I've seen, I would imagine Celtic's first choice defensive pairing would be Cameron Carter-Vickers and Stephen Welsh alongside each other. That makes uh, three clean sheets in the last four if you exclude of league games, sorry, if you exclude yeah, if you um so if you exclude the the old firm where I thought Celtic looked reasonable defensively um considering the way that Celtic play. 
I think that I would have no qualms of bringing in the defender. I brought in Ralston, and whilst he didn't start through illness, I think I'm probably going to hold on to him now that I think it was Greg Taylor went off injured. Um, so I think it's more likely that we'll see Juranovic playing at left back as he did in the old firm with Ralston playing on the right. Ross County, Thomas, anything to say on Ross County quickly before we move on? Um, yeah, so Ross County are a team that I'm potentially like, I've, I'm not going to jump on any of their players just yet but I believe after the Hearts game this week they have a relatively easy run of about five games it goes so their fixtures swang they had five of the six toughest games in their six game weeks where they had Hibs away Rangers at home Aberdeen and Celtic away and then they're playing Hearts at home this weekend but then it goes to Motherwell away who don't get me wrong are a form side but they're definitely beatable and then they've got Dundee United, St. Mirren, Livingston and Dundee Football Club who haven't looked too convincing over the last few game weeks. Absolutely. I'm there with you. I, uh, I've been very surprised by Ross County and how they've been playing so far. From what I can remember, they've taken a point from um, Aberdeen. They took. They scored two goals versus Rangers. Um, I think they were beaten fairly convincingly by Hibernian and they got a point against St. Johnson as well in the opening day of the season. Um, and I think a lot of that has been built from fairly solid defensive performances. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Ross County players are in my thoughts when it comes to transfers in the upcoming game weeks. Is there anyone you have your eye on in particular? Uh, Reagan Charles Cook is the only one who I've really noticed. Maybe if you want to bring in a striker, I believe is it White that starts the most for them up top. If you, if I feel that he's getting the service, there is definitely a chance because he's not coming up against the strongest teams especially with Livingston on the horizon really really tempted to bring in some offensive offensive assets from there yeah I think so I think actually Regan Charles Cook's a good option because he slips quite nicely into a Ginelli shaped hole if you wanted to move that way I think it was 3.4 million for Ginelli and 3 for Regan Charles Cook and he's looked very good over the past couple of game weeks uh, I think Ross Callahan is playing better now as he's playing a bit closer to Jordan White. I think initially they had Ross Callahan starting in the middle, uh, like in a central midfield position. However, last more recently he's been playing a sort of more of a number 10 role. Um, so And he falls into this budget midfield price. And with a little bit of money in the bank, I could upgrade Ginelli to Ross Callahan. And as he said, Jordan White <coughs> is definitely an option. He is their starting striker, takes penalties, but I just think there's probably better value elsewhere when it comes to striker position, namely Nisbet, Boyce, Tony Watt, Kevin Van Veen. So I think definitely think Reagan Charles Cook would be a good bench trick option. I would not fight you too hard if you maybe looked at a defender. Um, and Ross Callahan is another one that's in my thoughts too. Fair enough. Shall we move on to the next fixture? Yes, one of the three goalless draws this weekend. Thomas, why don't you kick us off then? Uh, so, Dundee FC played Livingston again in a board draw, but I didn't really note like nothing really screamed out at me too much this match. Really? Nah, I didn't. I thought Dundee FC looked very good. You think? Uh, they, yeah, they recorded twice as many shot, shots and shots on target, and I think well, they, they were unlucky to not come away winners. Now, you could argue that it's bad with regards to fantasy football as it's a team not finishing their dinner. Um, but, I mean, 
let's be quite frank, at this stage in the season, it does look like this might have been a relegation six-pointer. Absolutely, yes. Um, and maybe this was de- definitely seemed like to me like a mischance for uh, Dundee here. Um, they look much better, especially with... Which is surprising considering the fact that they're missing Adam as well uh, through injury. Um, but again, I can't necessarily line up anyone with regards to uh, fantasy football. Lee Griffiths made his debut and looked sharp, um, but I think he's in the 5.5 to 6 million price bracket. I don't think I'm going to go there in terms Absolutely of not. fantasy football. Not not yet. I mean, he's just, he is likely to start every week. Um, three shots on target. That's reasonable. Um, but on the other side of that coin, Livingston looked dire again. Things are not looking particularly sunny uh, for Martindale's men. Standout uh, performer being Matt Strike. He had a blinder, made a whole load of key saves, and uh, so far score have him down as having a 9.2 match rating, which mm. was the highest of the week. Yeah, it's, it's got it down here as he's got eight saves. So that would have been, what, two points for playing, five points for a clean sheet, so that's seven. Four what, for a clean sheet. Four, is it four? Okay, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this, yep. So six points for a clean sheet, two points for save points. So that's him now on to eight plus the three bonus points. So that's oh. an 11 point that he's just produced there. Yeah, but again, I'm not going to go there for fantasy football because whilst you could have made the same argument for Jack Anik two or three weeks ago, considering how things were going for St. Mirren, there's a little bit more pedigree when it comes to um, St. Mirren as a defensive side. However... After the sort of new manager bounce and string of fantastic performances that Livingston put together, they really have not looked great. They've looked very frail defensively. Uh, yeah, after that, was it thirteen game run where they yeah. almost where they went unbeaten? They have looked the exact opposite of how good they looked in that run. They have been yeah. abysmal since. They've conceded the I think it's eighth most goals this season and have scored uh, the joint least alongside Dundee United and St Johnson with only two. Um, four losses, one draw, and they play Celtic in, the next, in this in this game week. So Worrying steering times, well clear yeah. of Livingston assets at the moment. On to the next match. Yeah, Motherwell versus Aberdeen. I personally thought that both teams played offensively very well. It's just Aberdeen didn't finish their dinner, which is a good or bad thing, depending on how you look at it. It means that eventually an Aberdeen player is going to get a big haul when they do start finishing the chances that yeah. they're getting served. But they need to fin- they, a- they actually need to finish them before it becomes worthwhile to do anything there. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the statistics. Uh, the highlights on Sports City. I mean, this is, I guess, one of the, 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 the fall-downs of just watching the highlights as opposed to the full game. So, um, St. Johnston, sorry. Motherwell um, took six shots, two on target, two goals. Aberdeen had 20 shots. Seven of those were on target and no goals. So it does make you wonder. And you know, from the highlights, there were a couple of fantastic opportunities provided by both of the of the young fullbacks. But something that really concerned me was the post-match interview with uh, Stephen Glass, where he was saying, I mean, he was livid. He thought it was a completely unacceptable performance from Aberdeen and uh, places are up for grabs at the moment in the starting 11. So... You know, maybe when it comes to picking players, I'd be careful this week of going for Aberdeen for that reason. But yeah, Motherwell looked fantastic. I thought, Thomas, what did you think? Yeah, Van Veen. We were seeing Tony Watts praise last week, uh, but this week it's all about Kevin Van Veen. He was fantastic when he came in. 
got a goal and an assist, I believe. I'll double that check that for you just now. And I think he was awarded the SPFL official player of the week for the entire Scottish football, I'm pretty sure. Yep, one assist and one goal. Um, he looked fantastic. And to be fair, Tony Watt as well had a reasonable game. I know he only got 6.3 rating on Sofa Score, but he at, was getting himself into good positions. He, uh, I mean, I say he had a good game week. He only. He didn't register a shot on target, but he was getting himself into good positions um, and set up quite a number of chances for other players. So I wouldn't necessarily say Tony Watt is not an option. If you had to pick Thomas, I know it's kind of splitting hairs here. Who would you go for, Van Veen or Watt? Van Veen is 4.2, and I think Watt is either 4.7 or 4.9. Oh, I'd go Van Veen then. Yeah? Yep. He's, every time he's played, he's looked very good. Yeah. The Budget Bar Camp, I believe, is what his nickname is. That's the one. Yeah, and Aberdeen's performance, has that pushed you to... I mean, you said you were concerned about Ramsey and McKenzie and were considering moving them on. Aberdeen's fixtures kind of start to swing. So they play St. Johnston and St. Mirren too. Not e- well, St. Johnston looked decent this week, as we've previously said, yep. but St. Mirren are now on... Have they won a game yet this season? No, they've not. They've drawn three and lost two. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to keep... So I've only got two Aberdeen assets. I'm going to keep them both, and then I'm going to maybe transfer one out next week. Probably keep Ramsey in, just because he's the better fantasy asset, in my opinion. I think so. I think he's also more nailed. Yeah. For sure, I think he's more nailed. All right, how many fixtures do we have left to cover, Thomas? I think it's two more. So we've got St. Marin versus Dundee United. For me, uh, I can't really say much with regards to this game. Um, I was there for the Anik clean sheet, and that's about it. I guess it's good to see a bit more de- defensive solidity coming out of Paisley. And, uh, yeah, hopefully more of the same from the perspective of a Jack Anik owner. Uh, he was set and forget, and at the moment it seems to be paying off. I haven't checked where he ranks with regards to other keepers, but, you know, that's 18 points in the last two weeks, so mm. I think he must be kind of putting himself up, up there. Another thing I will say is I think... They also got a bit lucky where there was a chance from one of the players where he shot, Anik saved it, but it looked like it was potentially looping into the net and then I think it was Shaughnessy headed it out for a corner. Yeah. So, yeah, but I do think on the face of it, a nil-nil was relatively fair. I think maybe St. Marin, uh, sorry, maybe Dundee could have came away with it, but again, another what, another close one there. Then finally, the Edinburgh Derby. What do you think about that, Harry? Yeah, I'm surprised it was nil-nil. I thought that both of these teams looked like you could definitely score against them. And I've been playing very well offensively. Um, so I was shocked to see it come away as a nil-nil. A little bit disappointed from a fantasy football perspective, seeing as I had three midfielders and one attacker playing in this derby. Um, ultimately... Hibs have two games left of their favourable fixture run and Hearts head into a three-game run. Um, so when it comes to thinking about macro strategy and um, targeting fixtures, I think potentially I'll start moving away from Hibs and Aberdeen as a result. But, yeah, I mean, nil-nil is not particularly a particularly great fantasy football result unless you have all the defenders. So not much to say on this game, to be honest. Um, something to note is that the keepers made a combined total of 11 saves, which is 
pretty solid performances from both of them. From what I heard, it was all about the goalkeepers. They both played out their skin. Yep. Um, yeah, having a look at the statistics just now, whilst uh, Hearts uh, dominated possession, that could just be a playing style thing because um, it was Hibs who registered more shots on target um, and had a very similar number of total shots. I think that's it for this week. Shall we have a look forward, Thomas? We shall indeed. Right, so having a look at the fixtures, we'll just quickly list them off here, I guess. Uh, and then discuss our transfer plans regarding our fantasy football team. So the first... Um, oh, that's quite nice. I just realised we're getting team news, for, hopefully, um, from six teams. From Aberdeen, St. Johnston, Hibs and St. Mirren, and then Ross County and Hearts. So that's... Pleasing. Hopefully, hopefully we get all six. I think was it was it this week or last week that uh, Hibs waited until one second after or whatever it was for the deadline, so we couldn't get to see um, if Paul McGinn was going to play or is Nisbet going to be dropped, etc., etc. So yeah, Aberdeen, St. Johnston, Hibs versus St. Mirren, Ross County versus uh, Hearts of Midlothian. You've then got uh, the Dundee Derby, Livingston versus Celtic, and Rangers versus Motherwell. Anything you want to highlight here, Thomas? Any fixtures you'll be targeting this game week? Celtic Livingston has to be the one I think. Livingston have been diabolical, yeah. to be polite. Uh, and Celtic are on a decent run of form themselves. I think. I mean, they lost against Rangers, but they've put in convincing performances in their other fixtures. So I struggle to see anything other than a Celtic convincing win. Yeah, I'm there. I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I think. Uh, Livingston will be will be bereft of confidence, while Celtic will be uh, riding high on some very very reasonable results since the start of the season. And as a team, it looks like things are coming together. Um, so I think I'll definitely be targeting this fixture. I'm already tripled up on Celtic assets, but I think I'll be going there either for a captaincy or a vice captaincy. Um, Rangers, Motherwell, Thomas, any interest in that? Um, I mean, the only player that I've got from that fixture is. Tavernier so I don't know how likely Tavernier is to keep a clean sheet in that game just because of how well Motherwell have been they've been a surprise package I think both me and Harry agreed that if they weren't to finish uh, in the bottom two to be in the scrap for it just because of how high of turnover they had of players but they've come out and really surprised both of us so yeah I know and then they they go on a reasonable fixture run as well do Motherwell It'll be interesting, I think. I mean, they have played Hibs and Aberdeen, but both of those games at home. This is by far and away their toughest test, and it'll be interesting to see how they stack up here. Um, goes without saying, I definitely don't think I'll be bringing in any Motherwell assets ahead of this game. Um, but in the same vein as uh, Ross County, I will be keeping an eye on the performers or just seeing how they, put, you know, how they get on as a team overall. What about Hearts versus Ross County? I'll be keeping my eye on one player and one player only, and that will be Josh Janelli. Because yeah. if he doesn't start or play 60 minutes, I think he is out after this game week. Fair enough. I mean, I guess we can sort of start moving on to discussion regarding transfers. Hearts of Midlovian, as we alluded to earlier, have quite a nice uh, fixture run coming up on paper. And I'm considering bringing in... Uh, Hearts player this week. I'm yet to decide if I want to triple up straight away or if it's maybe worth upgrading Janelli to someone else. You know, potentially to a Gary Mackay Steven or a Ben Woodburn. I think maybe Ben Woodburn might be a bit more inverted commas punty 
a um, bit more of an unknown asset with regards to Scottish fantasy football and Gary McKay-Steven might be a bit safer. What do you think, Thomas? I think the transfer that I would make would be from... If we're speaking about Ginelli transfer, I would transfer from Ginelli down to Reagan Cook just mm-hmm. to save some money and bring in someone who's a way to go into a decent run of fixtures. Fair enough. And then what about defensive assets? I mean, Craig Gordon has uh, been playing, has had a call-up and had been starting for Scotland. Could you see yourself switching keepers? Only if I manage to put out all my fires or my fires put themselves out mm-hmm. because I have too many players that just aren't returning for me. Yeah. I mean, let's have a look at St. Johnson's run. They've got Aberdeen, who I think have been struggling, as you said, struggling finish to finish the dinner. They've got Hibs away next, but then Dundee FC and Livingston at home. So I don't think necessarily moving on Xander Clark, who also received a call up to the national team, is necessarily worth moving on. So yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be bringing in Craig Gordon if I was you. And then, yeah, from a defensive standpoint, maybe Alex Cochrane or Michael Smith based on the fact that they're playing in a wing-back position and do like to get nice and high and wide, which was you know something we look for as fantasy football managers in our in our wing-backs. So, I mean, as tends to be the case, we say we're going to make a transfer on the podcast and then something happens between Tuesday evening and Saturday morning where our plans turn upside down and they're completely different. As it stands, Thomas, what is your move this week? I would probably be taking either... Mackenzie or McCarter out. Who for? Don't know. I actually need to look at. I mean, like, I'm going to wait until after European football because that's very much a deciding factor. Absolutely. That's on. one of those things we'll throw up one of those issues midweek, which yep. will force watch, you to change plans. Watch Stephen Welsh get injured or something like that. So I'm going to wait and, like, I'm going to sell my transfers until Friday or the Saturday morning. And then, yeah, all things. If all things stay the same and all my t- like players are fit and healthy, the player, th- play- one of the players that will be going is either McCart or McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. What about yourself, Harry? I'm in two minds at the moment. I, and I guess you know I, I'll, I'll I'll be having to think over it on this over the next couple of days. I had to use my second free transfer, um, as a result of uh. I mean, the plan had initially just been to go from McCart to Ralston, which I did. Um, then uh, Kyogo is out for the next month um, with an injury, so I brought in Abada as a sort of, not quite a straight swap in so much as they play slightly different positions, but Celtic midfielder, I thought it just made sense. Didn't want to overthink it too much, a player that was playing well, and you know, ended up working out okay for me. He, you know, he got an assist and a bonus point. Um, I, I, like you, have a few small fires to put out, Um Mackenzie zero pointer and glasses are uh, scathing comments in the post match made me fearful of my uh, I mean H- Mackenzie in particular um, but potentially Ramsey too in terms of their nailedness or, or, or their likelihood of starting however from the whole Aberdeen team they were the two best performers in my opinion um, so I would be shocked if they didn't start again um, but we'll have to wait and see Janelli as well is now um, a player coming off the bench um, as it seems to me that Ben Woodburn has taken his place and it looks like he had a fairly solid performance at the weekend alongside um, Clark of Dundee United as well. He's been dropped to the bench. However, if I look at my straight starting lineup, I'm actually pretty happy with it at the moment. The only transfer I would consider doing at this moment would probably be either 
McKenzie to a Hearts defender, probably Michael Smith, or upgrading Janelli to uh, Gary McKay-Steven. This week, I will likely... I have to say, I likely captain Tavernier again, uh, and vice-captain... Yeah, probably Lee Labada or maybe Boyle. Yourself, Thomas? Who's vice-captain and captain? Um, this weekend coming up, might be tempted to vice-captain Jota and maybe a captain Boyle, but I'm still not sold on anything as of yet. Fair enough. Alright, that's enough of our teams, Thomas. Shall we have a quick look at um, our Twitter question this week? Sure. So, to round off the podcast, we'll answer a question that we received over the weekend, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And it was asked by at Lard O'Connor. And he writes saying, What source do you look to as the best source of who's expected to be playing or injured for the weekend? The BBC Sport website is inconsistent and parsing through individual club websites and Twitter can be painful. So Harry, what is your first piece of advice or what do you do to find out who's playing? I find myself in the very fortunate position whereby I have a number of friends or people, at the very least, people I'm in group chats with who follow the Scottish game and support teams playing in the SPFL. As it stands, I have got Rangers, Hibs, Hearts, Celtic, Aberdeen and Dundee covered. So if I am worried about a player or if there's a flag or I've seen something on Twitter that I think uh, you know, Charlie Adam might be out this weekend or I don't necessarily have him in my team, but that's an example. I will then go to that friend and ask them what's the likelihood of Charlie Adam playing this week. Purely based on the fact that because they support the clubs, they are most likely to be keeping themselves up to date with, you know, manager press press conferences or uh, team news or they follow the Twitter or a number of um, that team's popular Twitter accounts for this sort of information. So, yeah, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I usually just ask my mates with regard to the rest of the teams. I try my best to keep an eye on, on again, on Twitter. I know it's not the most convenient way of getting these things done, but, you know, with 50% of the teams covered, it's not too difficult for me. Um, but I know that's not necessarily helpful for those who are playing Fantasy Football Scotland and don't have, you know, many pals that share the same passion for Scottish football. Thomas, yourself? I know this might not sound the most thrilling thing to do, but the most surefire way to find out who's playing is straight from the horse's mouth go and look up for the manager's pre-match interviews they'll usually be done the day before the the game is being played um and usually the question on who's available is either the first or the last and you can also generally tell when the question if it's not been first or last you can sort of tell by finding the buzzwords like he's carrying an orc or he's been training well recently or stuff like that so you can sort of find these buzzwords and then sort of skip it back a bit and you'll sort of be able to find the question relatively easily i mean that's not a method i've been using but now that you mention it it's something i'm considering thomas how long do these press conferences tend to be is it you know we're we looking at half an hour 45 minutes or are they they're generally speaking whenever i've looked at them they've only been about 10 minutes long and you can sort of just whether it's on YouTube or not, you could just sort of like slide your finger along, take it off and like hear what they're talking about for two seconds, go, nah, that's not it. Quickly skip on another minute or two to see if they're speaking about something else. Fair enough. Yeah, I think, you know, that's where obviously 
uh, a game like Fantasy Football Scotland falls down, not necessarily as a result of the game itself, but just because it's not it's not as big as other popular forms of fantasy football. That, that you know things like Fantasy Football Scout um, or Fantasy Football Hub or you know accounts like um, Ben Dinnery who keeps track of all uh, the injuries in the league and that sort of thing in, in, in the Premier League for example don't yet exist so I guess I mean that is a gap in the market but I definitely understand where the frustration is coming from but where the game does fall down is this is my one main criticism I guess of Fantasy Football Scotland at the app is they're pretty poor for this up like keeping updated with injuries and that sort of thing um, you know this is on me for bringing in Ralston when it looked like he was very unlikely to be playing. But he was at no point has he been yellow flagged when you know he was left out of Scotland contention, apparently because he's been sick. Another thing you can do is you can look at, at St. Whiskey's um, like pre-game week thread because he'll go about and ask like fans of each team uh, what they think the scores are, who you should sort of look to, and players that are ineligible and injured. And... Again, as you're we saying, these are people who are like interested in these teams and they'll have like fans from each team coming on to sort of give information about who's available, who to watch out for and like what they think the score is going to be. So that's another third yeah, and final one. Point. Again, we had this conversation recent, recently. Uh, St. Whiskey um, is an underfold account in the Scottish fantasy football community. And I don't know why this hasn't come across... Like why I wasn't aware of this because he we follow him on the account. Maybe I guess I'll put notifications on for his uh, his account specifically because that's some very handy information. You have you found the threads I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at just now. So there you go. Number three, shout out at Saint Whiskey. Give him a follow, and I guess he'll keep you up to date. Um. So is that all for today? I think that's it. I think before we go, you know, we didn't we didn't tweet asking for questions this week because. Uh, Ultimately, we forgot, and I have been having technical issues as well with my phone, but that's not necessarily a particularly good excuse. I just, ah, we're between moving places, busy, insert other excuse here, didn't end up getting around to asking. But if you would like your question answered on the podcast, please tweet us or DM us at sffantasy.com or send us an email into scottishfantasycommunity at gmail.com. But yeah, Thomas, I think that's it for this week. Yep. So we'll round you off there and say a quick happy birthday to Harry, whose birthday is now officially at six minutes past midnight on the 15th of September. And, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Happy birthday, me. Happy birthday, Harry.